Welcome to the Social Justice War Room, the podcast that deals with progress in fiction, reality, and everything in between. My This is my second podcast. My first podcast was done with our guest today. Now he's here to w- wish me off on this exciting new spinoff. Please welcome Dave. Hey, hang on, everybody. So beforehand, we used to do a podcast called read it for the pictures can you tell us a little bit about what that was like oh uh, yes that was our genius idea to do an audio only podcast about comics focusing on the visuals as you might have guessed it did not garner as much popularity as we might have hoped yeah but the real podcast was the friendship we made along the way and we've stayed in contact ever since and we've often on a daily basis, been telling each other about the things we watch, read, play, whatever. So in a way that is a lot more interesting than they usually actually are. So you, a while back, you were giving me uh, recaps of this sh- one show that sounds kind of sort of really cringe. Can you tell us a bit about it? Well, here's the thing. I think it's good now. What? It's a sitcom called Mom. And yes, I have to pronounce the American way every single time. A pattern I'm looking up here, it started in 2013. And yes, the pandemic has driven us all to watch very strange things indeed. Yes. And you say this is a show by Chuck Lore. Is that how you pronounce his name? The guy who brought I think it? It's, I think it's Chuck Lorre. Yeah, from the... In G- from the genius mind of two and a half men. And the Big Bang Theory, the show that single-handedly launched the incel movement. Don't cite me on this. Yeah, I mean, you make enough shows, eventually one of them's going to be good, right? Yeah, so what makes this mom show good? Okay, so the first, th- the first thing, just straight up, is that it looks exactly like two and a half men it's like it's a multi-cam sitcom with a laugh track and like the same sort of beats you'd expect it's a like a joke every like minute or so and they have a serious beat and they'll only linger on it for a little bit they'll like it's the rhythm of a sitcom you're familiar with like you're familiar with that right yes i watched how i met your mother until it got bad which actually probably watched after it got bad but i did manage to bail before the season series finale yeah i watched all of that and i didn't even have the pandemic to blame it on okay so straight up it's a it's a down the line sitcom in terms of formula like how it all goes together but the thing is it at least for the first three or so seasons it's insanely grim because the this, it's about uh, Christy and her her mother Bonnie, who are both recovering alcoholics, and they both had like completely dysfunctional childhoods. That they're both single mothers. It's just weird to like like you you have the formula for like that would usually be applied to. Oh no, Charlie Sheen has dates with two women on the same night what is he gonna do but applied to oh 
Um, my daughter is wants to give her baby up for adoption because she's seen how being a single mother has ruined my life. And it's very, very strange at first. But you said it got good, actually? Yeah. Um, when you started at first, it feels like you're watching a show from the GTA Five universe. Just like, like the super treacly formulaic stuff you'd expect, but with the subject matter changed to be super grim. But the thing is, it makes the sitcom formula work. There are actual stakes. It's not just like people who are far too comfortable having very, really petty problems. And like the complete other side of that equation is Seinfeld, which is comfortable well-off people having completely banal problems, but they make the problem so banal that it's like in a surreal kind of way. This pushes it the other way. So the problems are like super grim, but they grind against the like the joke format. And it takes some getting used to, but like like it's hard not to care about someone going through like, oh, I have a gambling problem and I've lost rent and now this is gonna be an arc for four episodes. Wow. I mean, we've both seen Bojack Horseman, and that's an animated film that's similarly grim and deals with a lot of the same addiction and depression and family issues. But you'd say, you'd say Bojack at least has some kind of awareness of what it is. Or... Yeah, we are. Yeah, that's kind of how we got um, where we met eventually, ch- uh, initially chatting about Bojack Horseman. Yeah, it's a good show if you haven't seen it. It's not just the horse sad over and over again. That yeah, Bojack it would like it would have funny moments, it'd have weird set pieces, and like it'd sometimes like use a laugh track as like comic effect, but then sometimes it would just like knuckle down. It's like, okay, the next scene is gonna be ten minutes long and it's all serious. But and this is just no, funny except dealing with serious stuff it's exactly the same formula they do not at any point change it the sets look just as cheap like the green screens are just as terrible but like oh what if uh oh yeah what if um i have to look after my mother who's relapsed and is like who's relapsed because she had to take like pain pills because she like hurt her back so yeah how did this happen? It's a cable sitcom. They're usually very conservative about things that might alienate potential audiences. I haven't the foggiest idea. And I guess it's just, well, one of the things is um, its main cast is all women. So I imagine that they wanted to not just be like, they didn't just want to make two and a half women. So they got someone on with maybe something halfway interesting to say. Yeah, there's, I do, I do have another hot take on this, but yeah, it's like the show kind of has something to say, but passed through a super cookie cutter formula. It's like, it's like if you were, like your only creative outlet was writing episodes of Sesame Street, but you wanted to talk about drug abuse, like. It'd get weird. 
I don't know. I mean, that's there are plenty of creators who've used innocuous mediums to deliver serious, important stories. What was your other hot take? Oh, my hot take about it is that it's a family sitcom with all the advantages of a procedural. Oh, like a like a show like like Law and Order. You you turn on the episode of Law and Order, you know what you're gonna get. Before the initial credits, you're gonna have like a, just a one-off character discover a crime, and then roll credits, and you're gonna have the character like the main characters come in and they look at the crime scene, and then they find like find someone who they can go and interview, and they'll jump for like three or four people to interview. Then they'll find someone who they think is the main person, track them down. Maybe it'll there'll be a switcher and it's actually someone else. And then they'll go to court and all that. Like you know what you're gonna get when you like you turn on an episode, and that's comforting in a way. There's a reason Law and Order has run forever. It, I guess, like some people just like to watch something comfy and predictable with a little bit of stakes because yeah, crime happens and that's bad, and people want to see it resolved and it's cathartic. The way Mum like uses its formula is sort of based around like AA meetings, where at the beginning of the episode, one of the characters will say, like they'll go to an AA meeting, they'll introduce themselves and say, "Oh, I'm having problems with this this week. Oh, I'm, uh, like I'm una- I'm unable to hold down this job because I don't like my car got totaled and I don't have any way to pay for it." And then they'll spend half the episode like knocking their head against the problem and they'll get a few jokes in there. And halfway through the episode, the the two main characters share a sponsor, like someone who they're supposed to go to with their problems in like the AA program. And that's an older, wiser woman, and she'll just tell them straight up, this is what you need to do to resolve your problem. And then they go, oh, okay. And then the rest of the episode will be them like dragging their feet, doing what they know is the right thing to do. And then at the end, it'll be resolved to a degree. And like, that's a regular comforting structure that you can just squeeze a whole bunch of stories out of. And because these people come from really challenging backgrounds, there's more than enough stuff to slot in there. And it just gives, yeah, like something stable to like pin jokes to. So do you think, for someone who hasn't seen it, the characters actually learn and grow from episode or episode, or do they just keep doing the same things over and over? Kind of the first one, to its detriment. Oh. Yeah, because, like, the show sort of does paint this, like, this AA program is, like, something good for them, like, for the main characters. It gives them a structure to their life, it gives them people they can talk to about their problems, and like things they have to do to resolve them and as their lives have gotten more together there's been less stakes the main character has basically had a smooth even transition from like a struggling to afford rent while working oh this is a like the more grim stuff has fallen away and now it's just a sitcom yeah so If I were running it, I'd 
lean into that by having the stakes keep escalating and escalating. And since I don't really have any respect for the source material because I haven't seen it, I just do the Riverdale thing of going more and more ridiculous. So by like season three, we'd get into weapons surpassing Metal Gear territory. But you're not me, fortunately. So what might you do to turn this around? They... In about season two, I think, they introduced, like, a new person to the small group of AA friends who was, like, just turned 18, was a recovering heroin addict. It was like, oh, this is where our main character was a few years ago before they they'd really started, like, consciously deciding to get better. And then they in between one of the characters trying to organize like to meet like to get a date or whatever they just had that character OD and just like oh that's that's insanely grim like I would have had her not OD and then sort of have someone who's a few years behind them in the program like go through the same sorts of like similarly grim storyline. So OD as in fatal OD? Yeah, just like, oh, we're having a wacky sitcom moment. Oh, that's right. The the, the storyline that was running in conjunction with that is like their the sponsor is getting married. Like and we have to get and uh, her future husband is having cold feet. Oh, we got to go and talk to him. Uh, and on the, and it's like, oh, I can't answer my phone now. I'm having this wacky conversation. And it turns out that conversation was like a last cry for help before she overdosed. Oh, wow. But when you kill off the character, that ends the stories you can do with the character. But what if, and hear me out, they instead had the younger sponsor survive the overdose, but suffer like serious brain damage that prevents her from functioning in day-to-day life and the two moms feel responsible and end up taking her in and playing caretaker does that sound like the kind of thing they would hang their particular style of laughs on yeah it does like you're joking but like that's not implausible like the show was popular enough to run eight seasons and it like about halfway through its runtime, it sanded off its more jagged edges. Like, it must have been popular enough early on to go that long, but I think after a while, they had to sand off its... There was probably some editorial interference that it would. they thought it would do better in certain markets if it wasn't so just rough on the viewer. So once again, the culprit is old man capitalism. Well, yeah, and also, like, like sitcoms are driven by conflict, and normal people do not have a large conflict every week. And this worked initially because, oh, like, these people come from, like, really rough backgrounds. They would seem like the sort of person who would, either through their own faults or, like, through circumstances, end up in a, like, believable conflict every week. And just after time, they've got their shit together enough that, like, oh, no, these aren't the sort of people who who would have that kind of conflict every week. 
and they sort of fleshed out some of the supporting cast and sometimes it focuses more on them. But just if you have a sitcom about people who actually get better, then their lives become less sitcom worthy. Like Seinfeld could, probably could have run forever because they were horrible people who never got better. Also friends. So this has made me want to watch the show, but I probably shouldn't because the version I have in my head, hearing it from you, sounds better than the version that probably actually is, similar to how I made those Batman comics by CIA guy Tom King sound a lot better to you than they actually are. Honestly, if you want something to just put on that you don't have to think too much about that has a bit of bite to it, you could do a lot worse. Yeah. yeah my girlfriend and I have a system where we have one serious show and one silly show that we're watching at a time. And our serious show at the moment is Star Trek Voyager. And we thought, oh, this would be a silly sitcom. So, but we're not feeling like doing a, like a heady 40 minute episode of Star Trek. And we watch it. And yeah, sure, it's constant laughs, but to a background of people ODing and and like abusing the people closest to them. And we stuck with it. It's good. So I don't know, to close this out, I don't know if there's anything you're working on that you want to plug. Like No, no plugs. Don't don't worry. When I have something to pitch, I will be writing your coattails to get in front of in front of an audience. But until then. I will be watching random sitcoms that Netflix suggests and telling you about them. And sometimes that can be podcast fodder, I guess. And I'll continue telling you about terrible comics. Thank you so much for going on. Dave Clark, everybody. Hey, catch your hand, everybody.